Hlu, Kai, Hlu, Hedran, Hlu. To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Everybody and welcome to What's This Dow All About? My name is Todd Perry, and with me once again is the great Dr. Carl Totten. Hello, hello. A man who is in one with the Dow, <laughs> as he was just explaining to me that he just happened to leave a pitcher in his bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, in the room where we are now, which is really kind of like a small temple. There's, a, there's a restroom on the, in the back on the side. And there's a, there's, you know, there's actually some art on the wall. It's not a kind of a regular restroom. It's kind of an artistic yeah. restroom. But uh, there's a shelf, too, that has, like, cleaning supplies and things. You know, maybe it's about, uh, you know, three and a half feet long. And I just so happened to have put a, a pitcher there, an empty pitcher, just randomly put it uh, on that shelf. And we had some heavy rains here <laughs> a little while back here in Southern California. And uh, in fact, right now, there's actually, you know, we had mudslides and uh, I think 20 people died in the mud, oh, and stuff, yeah. you know, after the fires, which left the hillside. So, but anyway, here, where we didn't have those problems, fortunately, but some of these old buildings sometimes have leaks. Mm. And uh, last year, we had a lot of leaks. We had a lot of rain. This year, we didn't really have leaks that I knew of, but I went into that bathroom uh, yesterday, really, and I happened to look at this picture. It's, uh, it holds a quart. And it was filled to the top with rainwater, mm. but not one drop had spilled anywhere else. Uh. It didn't go on the shelf or on the floor or out here into the carpets or anything else. It was perfectly placed. It just so happened to be in perfect harmony <laughs> to mm. receive the water from nature. <laughs> no more than it could handle. It was right up to the top and not one drop spilled out. Uh. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It, it was. <laughs> I thought of, that was great. Yeah, the Dow winking at you, <laughs> right? Just a little. Eh. That was excellent. Yeah, that was like, excellent. Here's an unimportant <laughs> miracle, you know. Like here's a. <laughs> well, it could have been a big mess, though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. There's a nice temple here. You know, you don't want to. You know, the carpet soaked and all these kind of. You know, spiritual artifacts. So wet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So it was perfect. Yes. So uh, on today's show, uh, we're gonna we have a listener email, and we've got chapter four from the Tao Te Ching, and we're gonna start chapter twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. What did I say? <laughs> you said four. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we've done that. Yeah, that's a weird thing. I'll listen to the show back later. Like, How did I say four? <laughs> um, let's see here, and um, and we're gonna start off. This is it's interesting how it, it's uh, funny to me. I don't know if it's funny, but at like, I hadn't really heard of the Tao until maybe I was about, I don't know, 20, right? When somebody gave, uh, gave me the Tao of Pooh. And 
uh, I'm very lucky and very happy that, you know, at that age, I was exposed to these ideas, which would go on to help me for the rest of my life. Uh, and then some people find these ideas way down the road just because, I don't know, you go walking through a dark room with a flashlight and some people find, walk, you know, see certain stuff on the ground. Other people don't, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just where your intention is or what your environment is. And some people, not for any fault of their own, don't come across these good ideas, you know. But um, there's a story about a gentleman who has terminal cancer and about how he found the Tao. And this was, I guess, the World Religion News Service. I found it. Uh, So I just wanted to read kind of his take on it, which is interesting for somebody towards the end of their life coming across this and how powerful uh, it was to him. And this is, I'm paraphrasing the story, but you could read the entire thing later. Um, It's by Jeffrey Weiss of the Religion News Service called Tao and the Art of Coping with Cancer. Yeah, we could uh, like put a link up on the uh, website or something. Yes, yeah. I will. I will absolutely do that on the what's this Tao all about dot com. Several months into brain cancer, I'm running into new limits, but they aren't exactly what I expected. So I'm looking for some meta advice about how I should react. Glioblastoma, aka GBM, is a disease with a median survival of about 15 months. My current odds push my prognosis up to about 20 months. Maybe more, maybe less. Thinking about my path to the egress became a psychological new normal pretty much the day after my brain surgery in December. And so basically, um, my, he, he realizes he's in, in worse shape as things go on and says, My brain was damned near on hold. And one acquaintance gave me a copy of a spiritual book I had never heard of, the Penguin Classic edition of The Tao Te Ching, by Lao Tzu. Heard of it? <laughs> uh, I have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the original was cre- uh, credited to an older contemporary of Confucius Confucius for about 2,400 years ago. The writing may be actually only 1,600 years old. The translation I got had been first published in 1963. Taoism has nothing to do with romance, but is metaphysically about how to deal with all human problems, including governance, and then he said in quotes, Mr. Trump, this may be worth a read. <laughs> and I disagreed with plenty of it, but I liked the way I took, but I liked what I took away as the broad structure. The word Tao is generally translated as the way. Reality is tied universally and maybe supernaturally to moral and ethical flow. If I tried to figure out how this, how to ride generally with the flow, even like a surfboard on a tsunami, I might be able to get to places I wanted to go better than if I fought against the flow. So it's worth a try. I won't say Lao Tzu led to a quick success, which he will not, uh, but he got me moving better than I had been for a while, and I never lost my affection for the work. I've collected a series of translations and analysis over the years, but the first version I read remains my favorite. What guidance might it offer to me now? I went looking for some quotes. Here's the very start that hooked me forever. That's right where the staple is. It is because he does not contend that no one in the empire is in a position to contend with him. I truly remember that. Only competition leads to a loss, and each of us can choose whether or not to compete. I won't lose simply because someone else thinks I'm losing. 
That's worth grabbing back onto. And another one. Now, to forsake compassion for courage, to forsake frugality for expansion, to forsake the real for the to forsake the rear for the lead is sure to end in death. And he says, Yes, I'm mortal for sure, but a focus on what kind of ambition makes sense might get me a legacy that doesn't simply end when I will. And finally, in the pursuit of learning, one knows more every day. In the pursuit of the way, one does less every day. One does less and less until one does nothing at all. When one does nothing at all, there is nothing that is undone. Imagine that when you're facing the egress, as he was saying. So a deep breath and a quiet thought, and even a nap or two, I will do some things as I can until there is nothing that is undone. Wow. What a what a <clears throat> wonderful way that a man found a peaceful exit through the gift shop of life uh, through the Tao. You know, I very recently, you know, I'm a psychologist and a Taoist priest, and very recently I had to go sit with someone in a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who had been very physically active his entire life, and then suddenly he um, begins to experience symptoms, and it's eventually diagnosed as uh, ALS. Mm. You know, what many people call Lou Gehrig's disease because the famous baseball player uh, died from that. And I think the medium survival uh, is about uh, two years with this uh, condition, some more, some less. And in fact, Stephen Hawkins has that. He's oh, had yeah. it for fifty years or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a miracle. Yeah. You know, and of course, he's all brain, as we know, yes. with his you know quantum <laughs> physics and whatnot, string theory, and all that yeah. stuff. You know. So, but yeah, it, but his body, as we all have seen him, is very uh, atrophied. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. In, impaired. And so, this gentleman I went to speak with, uh, again, he's you know. Has very limited mobility and can't speak very well, and has a machine there to help him with his breathing when he needs it, and um, so he's you know he's declining. And so what I'm so how do I approach someone like that? You know, well you know first I just kind of ministered you know to him, uh, literally just kind of held him for a while while he just cried mm-hmm. really, and. Um, you know, I went into the heart space where there was just acceptance and compassion and uh, just holding space, allowing him to just be where he is, mm. you know, without having to do anything about that. And, you know, and I commented to him that, you know, what really matters in in life is what is meaningful to us uh, what is uh, he is able to experience, what all of us are able to experience, you know, what is our purpose, uh, what are we grateful for, and are we in a condition of unity or love, mm-hmm. or love. And so, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, what he had achieved in his life and the things that he had to really to be grateful for, and the pe- especially the people. He had really nice, great relationships, you know, people who loved him, people who he loved, and uh, he, his needs are all being very well taken care of. And I, and I mentioned to him, I said, you know, at this point, you have become our teacher. Mm-hmm. You're teaching us how to deal with loss, with grace and dignity. And, 
you're, you're pulling just incredible amounts of compassion from us towards you. Uh, did he realize, sorry to interrupt, did he realize he had that role at that point? Or he had, you know. I was informing him and reminding him that this was his role yeah. at this point. Like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's my, you know, I'm kind of like a mirror, you know, as a priest. Right. Uh, I'm holding up my priest mirror, if you will. And so I said, you know, you're teaching us how to enjoy life to the fullest every moment and to accept life's challenges with grace mm -hmm. and dignity, because mm -hmm. he is. Um, I, I mean, I, I wonder would I be as dignified and graceful as, as he is in a similar situation. And so I said, you know, you are helping all of us learn by your just incredible example how to be real. Yeah. And how to be grateful. And I said, un until it's time for us all to just let go and go home and return to the source. Mm. And in good time, we're, we're all going there. Right. We're all going there. We're all in line. Yeah, we're all in line. So I said, thank you so much for what you've done for me and for all of us. Mm -hmm. so, again, gratitude. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. So this is a very recent... Uh, situation for me yeah and ho hopefully that comforted him and he aligned with that and wasn't fighting against that or you know no he was ec just ecstatically grateful as was everyone else you know there were several people in the room and i mean everybody was just crying it was just so so touching yeah was, uh, just incredible because you know i think maybe obviously dealing with death on that on that level and being on that kind of the precipice of it it's a perspective that i would, you, you never know until you're there, right? No matter how much you, you know. But the, but the Tao gives us a real, I think, provides a real comfort with that mm -hmm. and understanding that that place from where we, where we were before we're born is kind of probably most likely where we're returning. Mm -hmm. And then that source in a certain way is home, right? And that, you know, that only having the specter of death, um, that that makes this moment meaningful mm -hmm. it's that the fact that this could all shut off in any moment makes gives this meaning beyond you know lot, lots of times people talk about well you know if if you don't believe that there is a god then you know that that how is how is life meaningful in any way and it's like well just basically the idea that i will die at a certain point gives every infuses everything with an immediate meaning exactly you know exactly uh, I, I remember, uh, the, you know, the books by uh, Carlos uh, Castaneda. Yes. You know, about his mentor, you know, the shaman Don, Don, Juan. Don Juan. Yes. And his n major point for his disciples was to remember that at all times, death is right over your left shoulder. Right. It's stalking you, in fact. Yeah. And therefore, every moment has to be lived to the fullest of its richness because at any moment, death could just tap you. And it's over. Oh, yeah. And that makes every second absolutely precious. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. It, no, that is very true. And I think we, we almost, I think we almost need an alarm clock every morning that plays, you know, dun, dun, <laughs> dun, 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 you dun, you dun, 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 I agree, and, and and rather than being grim, it's really a stimulus to live more fully in the moment. Yes, because that clock, that like Don Juan said, it's always stalking us. Oh yeah, it's always there. 
It's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just a matter of time. We but, dance but, with death but, that, but all we really have, I tell these people all the time, all we really have as human beings is time. We don't know how much, but the quality of it that we have major input into. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, talk about what this Dow is all about. That's really what the Dow is all right. about. That's right. My wife always gets mad at me because I'm, I'm always talking about death or when I die, do this or whatever. She's like, please, no, don't stop. You know, she's in. You know, it was an Annie Hall, the Woody Allen movie. Oh yeah. He gets the book Denial of Death when they're like out on a date getting books. And I, I just love that scene because I was like, yeah, that. I was telling my wife, I was like, you're in denial of death. You need to. You'll appreciate every day, every more, if you just really get into it, you know? <laughs> like, uh, Let's see here. So we have some listener email. Listener known as S.A. Not S.A. <laughs> we, we have our listener in East L.A. known as S.A. Uh, I've always found it incredibly easy to forgive people almost instantaneously. However, at times it seems nearly impossible to forgive myself for my past transgressions. How can we use the Tao to move past as well our past and forgive ourselves so that we can live more in the present rather than reliving our mistakes over and over? Mm-hmm. And this is huge because I think, you know, unless somebody is a sociopath, then <laughs> they're going to have moments where they reflect on, oh, that dumb thing I said to that person 10 years ago or oh yes I oh I should have done that the other time or I didn't mean this but I said that or you know I I, I'm terrible about this I forgive others too easily I find (laughs) well you know maybe I should forgive people you know um, forgiveness is the virtue yeah it it is it is Um, but yeah I find I beat myself up all the time we kind of touched on this last show but um I, you know, I found ways to slightly get better at it. Like, um, I've found that uh, uh, in, in in reality, um, meditation. I know it's always a thing we always say helps everything, but meditation in a way gets you out of what they call the that part of your brain, the... Um, Kind of the gutter of the mind. The well, it gets you out of your left brain probably a lot. You know, the logical part, the language-based part that's always, you know, thinking, and the forebrain that's thinking and reasoning and calculating and making judgments and you know doing doing all of that. Yeah, all, all oh. the things that may lead you away from forgiveness. Yeah, the <laughs> default something zone. It's called the default or whatever. So our brains, if you know, when we meditate, it keeps us in kind of the higher part of our brains, mm-hmm. higher part of ourself, and we don't dive into that kind of gutter of thought where we we beat ourselves up or we judge others negatively or we think about, oh, last week wasn't that guy just an a-hole or right. whatever. And it, and it gets us out of that kind of default gutter of the mind and keeps right. us up higher. The and, emotional brain too. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the place where we beat ourselves up or we've got nothing better to worry about so we start ruminating about oh, yes. things we did in the past. I mean that can literally ruin your life. Yeah, because that's all you all you have is your thoughts in a certain way. You know what's going on internally, and it's a prison if you can't get out of that. That's why. So what? What I one of the things I said to um, his essay is, <laughs> yeah. is I said you know of course you know thank you for listening to the show and your questions. Uh, we appreciate it. You know I said you know the Tao is not static. 
It moves continuously. We need to follow the same process as the Tao in order to develop. And at one level, all of life is really for learning. Past errors are the lessons we learned in learning that they were, in fact, errors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Without having had those experiences, we might have become stuck in non-productive patterns forever. So we need to enjoy our mistakes and be grateful to them for showing us a more sustainable path forward. The past helps to create the present as much as the present helps to create the future. And it all flows within the great Tao of nature and is, in fact, the path of nature. That is the nature of the Tao. You know, this moment was created by, in part, by streams from the past, and in part, it's creating what's going to be present tomorrow and in a year from now and 10 years from now. Now, can we know all the time in advance the exact, precise, quote, correct thing or behavior or word to say or do or express? No, no. we're not that good. <laughs> we're in 3D, folks, third-dimensional reality uh, with polarities, you know, good, bad, right, wrong, up, down, back, forth. You know. So... But that doesn't mean we can't learn from these from the reality that we are, happen to uh, inhabit right. uh, at the, at the moment. Um, that's called wisdom, right? And when we don't, when we're not paying attention and we're not learning. That's called foolish. Yeah. <laughs> See, so you know we have we we definitely have a, a range here of options, and all of our mistakes are life lessons that we can integrate. So that when we encounter similar situations in the future, and we will, mm -hmm. now we have that experience to draw upon and can perhaps uh, approach it with um, better balance, better grace, better wisdom, more skills, more yeah. skills. Again, life is all about learning. And if we approach every experience, I, I often say that we're like, all of us are like little scientists. Mm -hmm. And what do scientists do? They research. They, they, they research. Dig, they, they experiment. Yes. Right? Sometimes they have a hypothesis about something. Oh, maybe this may lead to that, right? Based on what other people have done or their own experiences in the past. But if we approach every day that, okay, my life is a science experiment and my job is to see what works, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, what, what resonates with my core, you know, my inner nature in connection with the great Tao, yeah. so that I can live a fulfilling life and achieve meaning, right? Purpose, mm -hmm. achieve balance, harmony, right? Mm -hmm. Gratitude right. and love, unity, right. consciousness, love. Right. Yeah. If we have that, we are rich beyond measure. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if we don't have that, no matter how much money we have, material things, we're very poor. Right. right. <laughs> really poor. <laughs> and isn't there a point where almost most mistakes are kind of inevitable? Right, because almost for everything you've learned, there is a mistake attached to it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, mm -hmm. very few things. I mean, we do learn things by observing others and by learning wisdom and everything, but a lot of it, a lot of the real concrete lessons we learned, it's because. Oh, I screwed up. Right. And many of the most successful people in the world, they'll come flat out and tell you that. But yeah. They'll learn much more from their mistakes than they did from their successes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just get, it's just getting back on the horse one more time after it keeps kicking you off, you right. know. That's called faith. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. As we do, it ended. What was the the line at the <laughs> end of? It was the first uh, chapter twenty three that we read earlier, and that was the mm-hmm. it was the, the the faith and the kind of order. Right about trust. Right? Yes. 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 That those uh, about those who can be trusted. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> and, any? And notes those there? those who can be trusted are he he who does not trust enough will not be trusted. Right. Yes, and the same with faith. If you ha- if you don't experience faith, then no one can put faith in you either. Yeah, <laughs> these are qualities that have to be uh, connected with within, and that only comes, of course, when we find our inner nature as connected with that of nature, the great nature, the great Tao. Mm. You know, which is the ultimate law of nature of the entire universe. Right. right. And so if we align ourselves with that, ultimately we can't go wrong. <laughs> right. Because that's just what is. Right. It's just what is. Right. And if you, anyone who tries to deny what is, is condemning themselves to a life of great misery. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that way does not lie happiness. <laughs> no. I, I found that uh, Lao, Lao Tzu had some thoughts on the issue. As usual. And he says, uh, if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the present. Hmm. And yes. that's, that's a beautiful thing. It's like I yes. think with my, my wife uh, lives in the future and I live in the past. <laughs> and every once in a while when we got it together, we're living in the present. <laughs> um, and and I, I wrote to S.A. and I said... Um, first, I admitted that I have these exact problems myself. <laughs> it's but, called being human. Yeah. And uh, living in the Tao means to wholeheartedly embrace one of the most important rules of the universe. Everything is constantly changing. That means that we are changing as well. There's no way to stop it. If you can embrace the fact that everything is constantly in flux, you must also accept the fact that you have changed as well. So there's no point in holding on to your past wrongdoings because that isn't you anymore. I've found that by regularly meditating, it becomes easier to vanquish the negative thoughts that keep me tethered to guilt. Yes. So we shall end today's show um, going to chapter... Very short chapter. Yeah, chapter, chapter 24. Of the Tao Te Ching. Of the Tao Te Ching. It's a real short one and kind of interesting too. They're all interesting, but this one, this one I think has uh, some unique things about it. And it makes me, spoiler alert, the President of the United States should read this. <laughs> well, remember, much of the Tao Te Ching was written as um, guidelines and wisdom for rulers. Yeah. And funny enough, it was the, much of it. the guy on Reddit says, I turned off that show the minute they started getting political. <laughs> Well, read the book. Read the book. <laughs> Half of it is advice for rulers, governors, and ministers. Yeah. So, chapter 24, he who stands on tiptoe is not ready, not steady. He who strides cannot maintain the pace. He who makes a show is not enlightened. He who is self-righteous is not respected. He who boasts achieves nothing. He who brags will not endure. According to followers of the Tao, these are extra food and unnecessary luggage. They do not bring happiness. Therefore, followers of the Tao avoid them. 
So again, another chapter I think about ultimately about balance, harmony with nature, familiar theme. You know, being able to walk one's path free of attachments to the ego, avoiding, as he said, standing on tiptoe over others, or quote, making a show, striding too fast, bragging or boasting. These are all that unnecessary uh, luggage or baggage. The, the follower of Tao exhibits more humility and is not caught up in these frivolous human dramas that require so much energy and create even more disharmony. Learning how to let go while continuing to walk your own path and your own truth in alignment with nature is our charge. That's the Taoist path. Now, it's funny. Have you ever met an arrogant person or a braggart or, or whatever to which they're, they're, the amount they bragged was equal to actually their achievements or whatever? No, because people who have real accomplishment, it, it speaks for itself. Yeah. It's only when a person is sensing internally a disconnect you know, between them and whatever they claim to be achieving that the 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 bigger that disconnect the more they have to brag and boast yes yes the, the ones who they who have accomplished much you know they don't have to say anything their accomplishment is speaking volumes you can't miss it yeah you can't miss it so that's a sign of deep deep insecurity anyone yeah. who does that well it's the same thing as i was reading um Sorry, my phone keeps going off and taking me out of this uh, chapter here. I have on my phone. Um, there was something about how people who are the most insecure cling the hardest to certain beliefs and ideas, right? Like mm -hmm. people who are internally insecure end up being the most hardcore religious people or most hardcore aligned with a certain political side. or mm -hmm. And people who are more secure tend to have more cafeteria-like beliefs <laughs> where they kind of believe things on, I think this is right, I think this is wrong, I don't need to be part of any team, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. People are more secure, have that kind of belief system versus those who are insecure, cling really hard to rigid beliefs and things. Yeah, rigid categories. Yeah. Be because the truth is that life is in a constant state of flux and change, right? Right, yeah. And so how can you be that rigid <laughs> it, it's it's like it's anti-dao yes it, it's not being in harmony with nature with reality yeah and so at, that's so by definition the more hard-headed they are the more rigid and extreme they are to one extent they are that much out of touch with reality yeah that's the definition of crazy yeah and they say rigid is the the stiff is the way of death. So, yeah, in the Tao Te Ching, right? Yeah. That's the way that leads to death, whereas the flexible and pliable that's the way to life. Right. Right. And so, whether it's you know health or politics or anything else, I think the Tao is kind of giving us a way to navigate towards something that's more healthy, more sustainable, more more in align with reality and with the reality of growth and change, which is the one force that is constant. Yeah. There, there is no way around that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for the last 10 billion years, I mean, you, you can't argue with it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't argue with it yeah. uh, and, and, and be reasonable. Um, 
it, it's funny because it says in here, he who brags will not endure. And I always think of situations where maybe you're in a workplace and the new guy comes in and he's the big, hot-headed, hot-talking <laughs> guy or the big, hot-headed, <laughs> hot-talking sales guy or whatever. That guy always gets blown out quickly. Yeah. Like that's the guy. I never. I when when I think about those people that I've known, they didn't last very they long. No, they 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 exhaust themselves very quickly. And others. And, and others. Yeah. yeah. They exhaust their others' patience. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know. So I think there's some there's some real uh, powerful lessons in this chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Uh, he's, uh, you know, often I think people uh, accuse, uh, you know, Taoism or Lao Tzu of being kind of uh, indirect. He's very direct here. Yeah. <laughs> this is about as direct as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so. uh, he who is self-righteous is not respected. And it's very interesting that when it comes to even people that might be kind of self-righteous about things that I agree and believe with, the people that are too sanctimonious and self-righteous exactly. get on my nerves. And exactly. I start to dislike them and almost in a certain way want to rebel against their right, even mm -hmm. if I agree with them. Right. It's like, oh, just shut up. Exactly. You know, it's, it's kind of like whenever I watch an award show... And you mm -hmm. get person after sanctimonious person after <laughs> even if you know it's like even like I'm watching the the, the Golden Globe Awards right and mm -hmm. I help I I consider myself a feminist I believe in women's <laughs> rights but if I the tenth person I see patting themselves on the back talking about it now I start to almost want to rebel it's be, like enough already <laughs> yeah like you didn't read the room you didn't see ten other people went up and did that just go up and say I agree. You know, it's like even people I believe with this start to, because there are there are people people promoting good ideas. I'm into it regardless, no problem. But there's a certain people. There's a there's a certain thing where they say self righteousness. There is a uh, a thing in the brain where it releases, you know, uh, certain chemical dopamine in the brain where people feel really good about themselves, and it's almost like an addictive. Like we're talking about anger being addictive. That self righteousness can be an addictive thing. And it yes. shields people from realizing everybody else around them is holding their nose, <laughs> you know. And and the Tao is so against self righteousness. I think. Remember uh, McLuhan: the medium is the message. Yes, right? yes, yes. So it's, yeah. So it's not just what you're saying; it's how you're saying the context. It. <laughs> the context, you know. How are you delivering the message? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. end up turning off people to very good messages <clears throat> by being self righteous. It's about like it. it's like uh, medicine, right? When you were a kid, right? What's the best way to get a kid to take their medicine? You put it in some honey, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't give him that bitter pill to just take, ah. I just shove it in his face with my kid, though. <laughs> <laughs> now you sweeten the deal a little bit, right? So it goes yeah. down easier, right? Right, right. Yeah, and then you don't have a fight on your hand. Yeah. Because when you try to force something down someone's throat, they're going to push back. Even if they they're agree with you. Even, yeah, even yeah. if it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the presentation was a turnoff. Yes. You know, so I think that that's it. this this chapter is excellent in uh, pointing this out and um how much time do we have uh, here we, we, going we, forward we, we we okay we we're just about done here we're but we're done uh, cuz there, there's again there's one more again we were talking about death earlier yes and using death as an advisor as something to help us move forward in life mm -hmm. you know the purpose of thinking about death 
is realizing that our life right now, on this plane at least, is not eternal. Therefore, every moment counts. Yes. <laughs> Big time. So one exercise that Taoists sometimes do, and, and other you know, shamanically trained people frequently do, is this one. Now, this is a tough one. Yeah. I'll tell you right up front. This is not easy. And if you're particularly emotionally unstable at the moment, you might want to pass on this one okay. <laughs> until right. you feel better. Okay. <laughs> Put this on the back burner and say, okay, I'll come to that when I'm better off, you know, after a couple of years of therapy or whatever. <laughs> right. So this involves imagining that this is your last day on earth. Mm. You're going to die in a few hours. If so, in a meditation, quiet sitting, Review your life history as if you were watching a movie screen. Review your life as if you're watching your whole life story unfold from birth through childhood, adolescence, young adulthood to whatever age you are till now. What events stand out? What relationships, what struggles, accomplishments, regrets do you witness? What would you change if you could? Finally, what final words would you like to leave with your, your loved ones or to the world at large about what's important to you, what you learned, what are you grateful for? Remember, gratitude, purpose, and love, unity consciousness in harmony with our inner nature and the Tao is what really matters. So just allow yourself to watch all of that and then just let it go and allow nature to just flow within you. And finish by thanking yourself, your life, your guides for all that you've learned and will continue to learn moving forward. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. That is the way.